Computers are live. Mixer is up. Levels are good. Equalizer is good. Ready channels one and two. Mic is live in three, two, one. Roll it. Welcome, listeners, to the My Practice My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Welcome back, listeners, to the My Practice My Business podcast. I'm Dr. Rob. I'm your host of the show. Today's subject is the dichotomy of dentistry. For years, I've given this topic a lot of thought. It's a subject that not until literally in the last 12 months that we've even had an answer to. So first of all, let's define the word dichotomy. It's a noun. It means a division or contrast between two things that are or are represented as being opposed or entirely different. Synonyms for the word dichotomy would be contrast, difference, polarity, conflict, gulf, chasm, division, separation, split. A sentence would be the great dichotomy between theory and practice. (laughs) That might be very relevant to dentistry in that uh, the theory between business and the actual practice that goes on in our dental practices. So let's discuss the typical background of the dental office personnel. Yeah, that's right. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's take you, the doc. First of all, the doctor is a person that's typically gone through four years of undergraduate school and four years of doctoral training at an accredited dental school somewhere. Very few dentists have received any formal or practical business courses or training. However, they do get to see some of the business side of dentistry in dental school, but not enough. Hmm, (laughs) could that be a problem? So a lot of dentists have gone on to uh, specialty work, which means there's a lot more schooling that goes behind that. Some of them will do a year residency, a lot of educational experience that the doctor has. He or she has paid the price. Then there's the hygienist. He or she, this is a person that typically has gone through two years of prerequisites to be accepted into an accredited hygiene program with another two years of education. Typically, they end up with a bachelor's of science. So four years of educational experience is where the hygienist ends up before working in a dental office. Do they have business experience? The large, large, large majority do not, and usually none. Uh, The dental assistant. Some are trained and accredited through dental assisting schools, and others are educated with on-the-job training in the office, right? Some offices would rather train because many dental assisting programs are too basic or simply lack in clinical training. However, the dental assistant is constantly learning dental procedures by who? The dentist. The dentist is working with them one-on-one, Uh, while they're assisting, learning how to pour up models, take impressions, everything. And the amazing thing, so literally the dental assistant after a year or two can become a highly trained individual by the same way the dentist was trained. That is by another dentist. That's fantastic, right? It's almost like they're in dental school without being in dental school. But that's a lot of training that dental assistant gets. And then there's the office manager or front office personnel, right? These are people that uh, where the dichotomy of the office begins. 
Dental office managers have rarely received, in most instances, so those of you who have received it, I'm not talking about you, but the majority have not received any formal college training. Very few have associate degrees in business. Even fewer have bachelor's degrees in business. And it's a rare find to see a person running a dental office with an MBA. What we're typically seeing in in the current office manager was they were trained by the previous office manager who was trained by the previous office manager who was trained by the office manager who was a dental assistant and is the Sunday school teacher in their church down the street, right? <laughs> that's, that's what we see in Utah all the time, okay? That's crazy. Uh, my personal favorite is when the dentist hires someone to run the office without doing a background check to see how well they did in their previous employment. And then they just tell them to do the job. They come in and say, hey, you know, get to work. They don't even know if they were problematic in their last office because they didn't run a background check on them. What if they constantly took advantage of their last doctor with time clock theft or not showing up for work or just utter laziness, right? Or worse, flat-out embezzlement from the last doctor. And then who trains these office managers? The dentist? (laughs) Heaven forbid. We don't know what we're doing. We just hope these young men and young women that come in and run our offices We hope they know what they're doing, and then we expect them to do it, right? So now what happens? Typically, the power struggle, whether seen or unseen, whether spoken or unspoken, we see the self-anointed office manager begin to exercise his or her lack of commensurate achievement by using the title of the position. Pretty soon, the doc and hygienist and assistants just hide from them. The office manager becomes what is called the queen of the office sometimes, and they're just power-driven. Oftentimes, the power struggle exists between the doctor and the office manager. How many times do we see that? The office manager says, we're doing it this way. The doctor says, I want to do it this way. And the office manager threatens to quit. And the doctor says, we'll do it your way. (laughs) Right? The doc's expectations can simply be unfair, though, with office managers' current training. And the office manager overstates their ability to effectively do the job. In defense of the office manager, though, how can they possibly be on the same page when there's such a dichotomy? Because the office manager has never been properly trained by any business training out there. Oh, sure, they go to, um, you know, conventions and they go take training, but do they really get core business principle training? Wow. That's amazing. As the office manager begins dealing with those crazy insurances and some even crazier patients, they become frustrated and threaten to leave if they're not paid more just to deal with the above. Needless to say, if they had better training, their jobs would be easier. But where, who, how do they get that training? Who honestly has the office manager's backs like we do everyone else in the office, especially when we, the doc, honestly have no more business training than they do. Until those front office managers have proper training in their jobs, they really are defined as office administrators by definition in any business school. Many would probably prefer that title just reduce the stress. How can any office manager make key business decisions without the credentials to do so? How can the doctor make those business decisions that are needed on a daily basis, let alone the long-term ones? 
So we send our office managers off to how to run a dental practice courses at the dental convention or sometimes to a training course taught by another self-appointed consultant that was trained by the same very way that the office manager was. Ouch. I know, it's rough, but I'm just calling it the way it is. However, they do come back with some pretty good ideas they want to try and implement and only to be shot down by who? The doc. Even the staff members. Why? Because remember, they still are not grounded in good business practices. Then the doc goes to a CE course and comes back with some good business ideas he or she wants to implement, only to be attacked by team members who suffer from what we call the Anindi syndrome, which stands for, it's an acronym, Y-N-I-N-D-I. That's the Anindi syndrome, and it stands for, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. Office managers, you need and must be vested in your practice. You need to be. How can you be rewarded if you're not? You need to remember, if you're not invaluable, you're replaceable. And that takes place in any business out there. So how do you become invaluable? And, and so how do you get to that position of an office manager, a true dental office manager? Well, there's a couple of ways to do it. And, uh, of course, the first one we'd say start by taking the office manager's master's program with us at My Practice, My Business. It's by far the best office manager course in the dental industry, and those are our clients' words, not ours. But the program is simply fantastic, and it helps office managers really understand the things that they need to do in the clinical business of dentistry. And two, enroll in school to get an associate's in business. Ask your doc to pay for it in return for your loyalty and dedication to the practice. I have put so many of my team members through school to do the very thing that I'm talking about. And so what if they only stay with me four, five, six, seven, eight years? At least I've helped them achieve their goals. And in that interim, they have also helped the practice in so many different ways. The third thing is after the associate's degree, consider finishing up with an online bachelor in business degree. Sure, these things take time, but they only benefit you in the long run, not just for the practice, but you personally, office managers, and think about it, docs. That's a really awesome investment that you can make for them. When the front office members have the commensurate training equal to the rest of the team, they no longer have to rely on the title of their position only. They truly become equal to all team members involved, and the dichotomy of the office no longer exists. An office administrator is really about a $15 to $18 hour position, and that's honestly where most office managers should be with their knowledge base currently. But an office manager who continues, empo- who continues to empower themselves with knowledge and vesting is worth way more. Those office managers who go through our training at MPMB become so valuable to the practices they serve, they typically make bonuses placing them where hygienists are paid. How, you might ask? They typically will bring in between ten dollars and $20,000 of increased revenue that's collectible to the practice with the knowledge and training we bring to them. And, Doc, you bonus them off that increase, and they become just worth everything in the world to you. Everyone on your team, Doc, has significant financial and educational investment with their jobs except that office manager, I hope that becomes obvious. It's time that we invest in the person whose primary responsibility is making the practice profitable. Okay? Our training at My Practice, My Business is guaranteed or your money back. No one does that in the dental industry except us. 
Invest in them, Doc, and watch your profits significantly increase as you learn how to reclaim forgotten revenue in dentistry again. It's crazy what we've seen throughout our industry for years and years and years. I can't tell you how many of my office managers uh, that I've given that title office manager to, they come to me and they, they've never had any uh, formal education. I did have one office manager that I was able and lucky to start out with. Her name was Debbie. She at least had a degree in business. And she was fantastic, worked for me for years. And then what happens? Of course, the husband gets a job and they get transferred to a new location and then I lose her. That's how we always tend to, seems that we tend to lose employees by by one of the spouses getting transferred or something happens like that. They start a family and they want to stay home and they're so vital to our practices. But you know what? They have to move on with their lives too. So what can we do to help our office managers, these people we call office managers, instead of teaching them from the school of hard knocks? We all know that oftentimes a dental assistant will want to push themselves into that role of being the office manager, right? And that dental assistant has seen how things are ran. They they have a good background experience. They understand stuff. And then we put them into that role. And oftentimes we put people into that office manager position within our own dental practice, and then everybody hates them. We call that the Peter principle in business. It's where everybody liked Peter. Peter was a wonderful employee in the position that he held, and everybody respected him, loved him. He's such a good person. And then he gets promoted to this new position of management over people. And as a manager, and he takes and he just bombs because he was never given the training to be placed into that position. Well, how many times do we, Peter Principal, our staff members? I mean, I've done it still up until just a couple years ago, where I placed people into positions of leadership that I thought they could handle or at least grow into, and they can't. So sometimes you just can't take somebody from your practice and put them into that position. Oftentimes, one of the office managers that came through our training, I loved it. A, a woman of 22 years of experience in the dental field. And she was very, very good at her job. And you could tell that she, that she knew a lot. And she came through our training. And after the first day, she said, oh, my gosh, Dr. Thorpe, I've just got to tell you, I've been an office manager for 22 years. I thought I knew everything. If you were to ask me, I'd tell you I know everything. I was a know-it-all office manager. She says, it's amazing what I've learned. You don't know what you don't know. And then we met with an office manager from one of our uh, group practices that are, that's training, they're signing up for our training. And this young lady, she's been in the dental sector forever. She's one of those employees that, that we typically see in a lot of office managers, and I don't know how she does it. But she works for this guy She's there six days a week. Now, I worked for my dad at the battery shop Monday through Saturday. And my dad was a hardworking uh, uh, businessman who drove his team uh, all the time and rewarded them well. But this young lady, I, I got to know her uh, a few days ago. And she, I, I mean, talk about the school of hard knocks. I fired questions at her like crazy. Now, she didn't know the advanced stuff that we teach and train at My Practice, My Business, but talk about solid and knew her stuff as, as much as there is to know uh, in, in the dental sector without going to our, our, one of our courses. Man, she was great. 
fantastic, works her guts out. And then as we talked about some of the things we do in the training, you know, she was like, she, you could just tell some of the things we do, they were doing already in their office and it was awesome. But other things, she was just shaking her head going, I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of those protocols. I've never heard about, you know, multi-codes and things like that. You could do these advanced things with multi-codes. And and what about these CDT codes that we don't uh, typically use? Oh, my gosh, I never even thought about those. And it was fun to just watch her, her mind open up. And oftentimes, Doc, we have office managers, I hope some of you office managers are listening to this podcast too, because we have these team members in our front office staff that are fantastic. They're super uh, smart and just nobody's given them the opportunity to expand, to grow, to go to school and to take night classes or whatever it might be. And oftentimes, Doc, I would send my front office out there during the daytime, I mean, there were some courses they couldn't they couldn't take at night, and they were only offered at the daytime. So we send them uh, to school, and we you know it, it's like the schools around here. Um, we've got University of Utah close by. We've got uh, Westminster. Uh, we've got Salt Lake Community College. Those are the schools that are in our area, and I love sending them to a major university like University of Utah where they can go pick up those business degrees. And it's amazing nowadays that all the courses are offered online. So it makes it a lot easier, but some courses they have to take during the daytime. So that's a, another point that we talk about cross-training. Let that office manager go for a couple hours, uh, two, three days a week, to go take those courses that are going to benefit your practice and guide them, direct them, you know, hey, this is the courses we ought to take. Um, I've, I've got... Uh, <laughs> my office manager right now, um, Tracy, she is going after her master's in business and happy to pay for that too. Um, of course, a little different situation there uh, because she's my wife. So we're <laughs> it's definitely a vested uh, interest for me to have her continue to learn and grow. But it's amazing to me uh, how many of these office managers, like the one we met the other day, uh, my wife and others, it's like they are just, they are just intelligent people ready to blossom if somebody would just give them the opportunity. So, Doc, give these front office personnel opportunity if they want it to take and run and increase their knowledge, increase their education, let them uh, be more valuable for you in your practice. Invest in them. Watch your profits. They'll significantly increase, Doc, as, you, as they learn how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry again. And one more thing that I, I want to add that I almost forgot to. Our team members can take courses in digital marketing and, and social media marketing that are so powerful for our practices. In addition to courses in customer service, uh, I wish we could send everybody to Disney University, but we can't. Pretty expensive. But, man, that is something that I would seriously consider sending your office manager to. People that have come out of Disney University, they do awesome. And the whole level of customer service will pick up in your office. So that when that patient comes in, they have that Disney experience. They come in. They don't feel threatened or intimidated because patients hate coming to the dentist, Right but not in our office. They love coming. They get that Disney experience, and they, they have a staff that just overwhelms them with kindness and, 
and a happy office. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.